You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am at St. Luke's Theater with Tom Dangora and Taylor Krausor. And we are talking about the new original fun musical, a musical about Star Wars. It is original and fun. It is, I know, know? because I saw it. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, and may the force be with you. Always. Always. Well, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have both of you. Yes, thanks for it. Stop copying the timbre (laughs) of my voice, Taylor. This is my sexy podcast voice. So, hello, Adam. Thank you for having us today. You're very welcome. Yes, it's very nice. No, that is my <laughs> voice. Get your own podcast <laughs> voice. I just copied everything you wrote, and then that's the way. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. You so, have to excuse Taylor. It's his first time with you. Oh, I'm a yes, veteran you are of a being veteran, interviewed yes. by Adam. That's, that's why I'm copying, so I know how to do this. You, Smart. Yeah, see, you, we see. should de- develop our own rapport. Oh, true. True. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, let's start with Tom. So, because I want to talk about the creation of the show first. So, um, how did you come to write a musical about Star Wars? Where did you get the idea from? Scott Foster, who will appear in your podcast today, I think. Okay. Uh, He's in traffic. um, Was in musical with Taylor. um, And he really wanted to do a Star Wars number. And I was like, no one wants to see a Star Wars number in musical. (laughs) And he was like, no, I, I have a really funny idea. Can I just try it? And we had a rule at musical. You can try it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't go over, it's cut. (laughs) You know, so, okay, try it. And try it, he did. And the number killed. Mm. Killed. It brought the house down, right? Except when you did it, Taylor. (laughs) Um, But, no, it was such, it was so funny. I said to them, like, guys, we should write, like, a whole show like like this. Mm -hmm. And um, we did. And... In a very short amount of time, too. That's what's kind of mind-blowing about this whole process was that... I had the idea when? Oh, my God. That was in the winter... What? It was winter, spring. Yeah, Marches. Marches. It was March-ish of 18? Of 18, of 1892. Yeah, it was 2018. Um, March-ish of 2018 and we started meeting after musical at my building and would just kind of spitball and be ridiculous and as silly as we could. Uh, it wasn't a musical at first. Mm-hmm. We were kind of th- thinking like more like complete, complete history of Shakespeare or Bridge but about Star Wars. Mm. Um, but we didn't want to be a total ripoff of the One Man Star Wars trilogy at all. So we didn't want to recap the show right. in any way. We wanted it to be an original story because while we were doing this, we kind of discovered we all represented kind of a type. That's the That was the cool thing that we discovered as we were writing it was that we kind of had three different perspectives of Star Wars fans mm-hmm. as we were just sitting there coming up with silly sketches and ideas constantly that, um, and we, we, we named them in the show as I'm a millennial Falcon, Scott's a Gen X winger. And so we kind of wrote these two character types of ourselves and then the character of Emily. Well, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't Emily at first. So then you add me, mm. the 80s, 
I grew up, I was a fan when I was a kid. And then, you know, when I grew up into this, you know, snowflake feminist, crazy <laughs> activist, defend everyone and, you know, offended by all, I, I decided, well, I can't like Star Wars anymore. It's a very sexist mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of getting into this argument about is it sexist or not? And I kind of said, well, yeah, it is, because we all love Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. and there's never enough Carrie Fisher in the world. But besides Carrie Fisher's brilliant performance in the original trilogy, if you add up every bit of dialogue for every other woman in every other movie of the first trilogy, mm-hmm. it's uh, one minute and 19 seconds of dialogue. Wow. And these discussions of ours actually became... The sh- that's that, that's the a show. line in the that's show. That's a line yeah, in the show. I do remember that. Um, and so... And kind of even the resolve of the show came very naturally because I was uh, I was flying a red eye uh, home from Vegas. I was celebrating Perez Hilton's 40th birthday mm. in Vegas, as you do. Yes. And um, <laughs> so I decided to watch the new movies because mm. I hadn't seen them, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And I was on a plane and there was a very, very large man sitting next to me. He was very sweet and he was asleep on me, snoring in my face oh. and drooling. And his, 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 <laughs> his head was on my shoulder. And I'm watching the new movies, realizing how much the story had evolved. And now, you know, Leia was finally getting what she always deserved, her place in the spotlight. Mm. She was no longer the princess. Right. She was General Leia Organa. Ray, the hero, was a shiro. And I literally shake the giant man laying on me and go, Oh my God! Star Wars is a work in progress! I Oh, I get it! And that line is literally on the show. Oh my God. I screamed it in the middle of the night in a red eye going, It's okay! It's like society! Princess Leia is Hillary Rodham Clinton! Oh my goodness! So, eh, we thought the dynamic between two idiots and a gay boy, you know... As much as I know everyone wants me back on stage, Adam, yes. I know. Um, but we thought the dynamic would kind of not be right with two boys and me. Yes. Um, yes. Whatever I am. And so we decided it, it's best if we created the female character mm-hmm. based on me. And that's what we did. And then we also, as we're having these discussions um, and writing these sketches, we kept being like, you know what would be a great song? And we're like, oh no, no, it's a play, it's a play. But like, no, no, you know what would be a great yeah, song? That would be a great song. Oh, that would be a great song. Yeah. And then finally, we just said, it's a musical. It's a musical. It yes. has to be a musical. We, we all have musical backgrounds, so like, why wouldn't it be? So we kind of wrote this large template of like basically like a Star Wars sketch show yeah, uh, yeah. with a through line that we created about yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but we would have an insert of, this song goes here. This song goes here. Now there's going to be a song about how Every single thing that's happened since, every single good thing that's happened in the world since 1977, you can trace back to Star Wars. Like, that's going to be the song. And it's going to have this kind of a vibe to it. You know, um, we had several songs that didn't make the show that are awesome. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. But, um, and like, Be the Change That You Wish to See in the Galaxy Mm -hmm. literally comes, I was tweeting the Gandhi, uh, the Gandhi quote, and then I thought, oh my God, say Galaxy. That's 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 the that's the wrap up. That's what mm-hmm. the feminist needs to sing. We have to do be the change that you wish to see in the galaxy. Yes, you know. Um, so and uh, yeah, and we had our first reading on my birthday, okay. January thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Billy, right before that we was found. Oh, right. So in November, I did a presentation at this phenomenal, brilliant 
groundbreaking forward amazing conference called stage the change where mm-hmm. professionals like myself teach high school students mm-hmm. who are interested in the performing arts how to channel their political in, political interests mm-hmm. rage whatever into theater oh, how wow. how you can use theater as a platform to create change mm-hmm. and um i did a class about musical how you can be devastated over global warming mm-hmm. and climate change, but you can still get a laugh with it. Yes. As long as Susie Mosher wears leaves and screams <laughs> the F word as Mother Nature. So I was at lunch and this young boy was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I love musical. I'm a writer. If you ever need anything, I would love to show you my work. And I said, do you like Star Wars, kid? And he was like, oh, I love it. I wrote my college essay on Revenge of the Sith. And I said, oh meet me at 4 p.m. tomorrow. If you're a minute late, there's no deal. <laughs> and um, so he met me. He was early. Um, I was still a jerk. I uh, told him, I gave him the most ridiculous, <laughs> I, I, I gave him the X-Wing, mm-hmm. which we do in the show, yeah. the, which is the song about everything great since 1977 is because of Star Wars. And I gave him another song to write. I gave him two or three and said, just you know, a simple verse chord, maybe a bridge. Uh, you have 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Send me three songs on spec. If I like it, maybe you can be a contributor. Mm. So like 12 hours later, Billy sends three songs Honestly, X-Wing that's in the show and on the album is very similar to what he originally mm. sent me. Um, and I listened and it was so, he was, he's so brilliantly talented. He's a, pro, he's a little prodigy. Like, I mean, he's, Aww. he's, ge- he's a yeah. genius, but you know, I had to play it cool and I was like, you have potential. <laughs> um, you obviously know your stuff. So we can continue moving forward one song at a time. I knew right there he was going to write the whole score. Yeah. Originally we thought we'd do it like SpongeBob where we'd have, everyone write you know a song i mean yeah. not like everyone i don't think sondheim would have well maybe he would have <laughs> you never but know. you know what you know what if we sent sondheim he's such a gentleman and such a class act if we sent sondheim a proposal to write us a song for a musical about star wars he would not have done it but you know what he would have done he would have sent you he a- would have sent a note yes because he's that much yes. you know sondheim and hillary clinton mm-hmm. send notes for everything and that's what's missing in this world mm-hmm. i think Notes. A notes. good note. Notes. Yes. Notes. Yes. notes. A good note. Yes. So um so that yeah. And then uh he wrote the whole score in two months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean he probably what wrote eighteen songs. No, actually it was by Christmas Eve. Um yeah. so literally within five weeks it was written because I remember him being like Tom, it's Christmas and my family's downstairs. And I was like, do you want a musical, Billy? Do you want a music? You are a senior in college. Do you want a produced musical on the boards at the Elegant Theater Row? Your senior year in college or not, Billy? Santa Claus can wait, Billy. And he was like, okay. And he uh, finished the song and sent it to me and the score was finished Christmas Eve, you know, the first draft of it. And we had a reading three weeks later on my uh, 40th birthday. It was the longest reading. Oh my God, the show was six and a half hours. It was like oh original Les Mis long. Oh my God. the tape of it too one night. It's still a one act. <laughs> yes, still a one act. And we sat there like not even what, 15 minutes into the tape and yeah, we were like, we were like, this is awful. We can't watch this. This is so bad. But we actually, that was so informative because Thank God everyone was friends of ours and Tom's because they stayed and stuck through it. And well, it was my birthday. They had that was the point. The point was is we don't even have to shape this. We can literally t- regurgitate 
everything we've thought of and make them listen. Yeah. Because it's my 40th birthday and that's what I asked for. I asked for everyone to sit through it and I don't even, I didn't want to hear it. I just had to sit in the back and watch the way they responded and I knew. And we, is that how you decided what to cut to make it 90 minutes? Absolutely. Yeah, we did that. We, we listened for where the biggest laughs were, uh, what was fat that needed to just completely go from it. Um, and then because we knew we had Theater Row, uh, we had the space uh, already doing musical and Wonderettes and Naked Boys that Tom went ahead and was like, we're setting an opening preview date. We're setting a date and we're going to do this. Really, that's what the previews were for was we cut it down. It, we made it into a two act. That's where we really found the show was in those previews mm-hmm. um, and really shaped it. And then I think what was great was we opened on May the 4th, mm-hmm. like, like you do with yes, a Star Wars show. That's right. Um, and then the opportunity to come to St. Luke's opened up. When was that? Uh, was it- uh, we came right after Fourth of July. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was the night of the blackout. Yes, because our first, first our first show here first show. W- uh, was a blackout. Yes, I so remember reading that. We had to not do it. Um, it was great. I got Chinese food, um, and then we just did it the next night, and uh, it's a great space for it. So we have an added member to our interview now, and we are with. Hi, I'm Scott Richard Foster. I play Scott. Okay, so then let me start with what do you love about being in the show? Uh, I don't know if you can see by my attire, but I am a pretty big uh, Star Wars fan. Yes, um, I can see that. And, and it's literally like it's it's me and Taylor. You know, it's just it's maybe exaggerated versions of us a little bit. But uh, I mean, that's what I love. I get to do these stupid impressions that I've I've been doing since I was a kid, like for you fun. Some? He's actually really good at it. Um, yes, wait, you can do. Um, I don't want to sound like you know like a bragging you know, um, parent because Scott's older than me, but, um, <laughs> he, uh, he actually does Im- amazing impressions. Um, but he's also a really, uh, really profound and prolific poet. Mm-hmm. And when Peter Mayhew, who, you know, was Chewbacca passed away this year yes. while we were doing the show, Scott wrote a really, really, really beautiful poem to just lift the spirits of all of us and the audience. And I bet he would do it right now. Would you? I, I, I yeah, sure. I, I Disclaimer, though, it's more of a haiku. Okay. So, all right. All right. Um, okay, so it goes like this. That's it. That's beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. I tear up I tear up every time. Yeah, I could understand. So one thing I do love about the show is that while there are Star Wars references throughout the whole show, it's a very empowering story. So um, how do you feel the show has empowered you from writing it, being in it, watching it? Well, I'll start by saying we do have, I mean, we've had so many people come see the show over the last almost a year now that we've been doing this in front of people. Um, it's really cool, though, to see we have a, a few super fans that come mm. back. And I was thinking about this last week because we, we had a show on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And it was a sold out show. Uh, one of the super fans came and they came with some friends and they come and they brought us little Star Wars Valentines and things like that. Aww. But it was it was a really cool experience. And I thought about it after the show that everyone was just laughing and there's this inclusiveness because star wars spans over so many generations like it's something that i experienced with my my grandfather and my grandparents and my dad and my mom and like and so 
you have the generational uh, gap coming together of families like that. But also, like, I thought about on Valentine's Day, we had all these people out here having this wonderful night that they chose to be here mm-hmm. because of this thing that they share and love. And they had a wonderful time, and they'll remember that night. So it's also, very it's cool. The, the, the deep romantic undertone between you and Scott. Well, exactly. And, and you just told them that there's absolutely no way I'm gay. You just told the audience. That. But he didn't say anything about me. So exactly. So that's. I'll say that I think the way it's empowering to me, uh, if there's any way, it would be that when I was a kid, uh, it was awesome to be a Star Wars fan and be, you know, into the playing with the figures mm-hmm. and collecting them and all that stuff. When you get a little bit older, it stopped being cool. So those of us who kind of hung on to it were kind of like, you're a nerd, you know, and it became a negative con- mm-hmm. uh, uh, connotation. Connotation, thank you. And now it's almost like it's back to being cool. Yeah. You know, uh, all of us that you know have been fans for a long time now there's people that are coming back and being like yeah i've been a fan too and it's cool to be a nerd and i'm proud to be a nerd and that's awesome you know i i think that's pretty cool because um you know there was a lot there was a big chunk of time of my life when it was like you didn't go around wearing star wars Mm t-shirts because people would be like (laughs) what a goof you know and now it's like you can't go to a store without finding like a really fun one that I just feel like I have to have. Mm-hmm. Like I just found one the other day that was a Boba Fett uh, baseball jersey shirt. Are you saying that Disney is good at marketing? But also, I think Tom can also. I think Tom can also attest to this point, which we were kind of making earlier, is that. I think what we did with kind of creating these characters of the three of us, like we said, like the character of Emily really is Tom. Yes. Except I'm less of a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and never fall. Never um, but the, we, I think we were really, we, we smartly added in these, um, not just cultural references, but things that are happening in society now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show was written, um, Stupid Smart is how I like to tell my friends because we are so... On the outside, we play so stupid, but it's smartly done. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. done in that way to show, just like Tom was saying when he had that revelation on that red eye with the new movies, like, I get it now. The, these movies are progressive. And it, it's it's true. And I think you watch these caricatures of ourselves um, all grow over the show mm-hmm. and bond. And, and you see that with Emily's character socially with what's been going on. Um, politically in our country, but it's not, we're not hitting people over the head with. Yeah, and I also think um, something we actually achieve in this um, is so she starts the journey in the show, the Emily character, despising them, thinking mm-hmm. they are the problem in society, you know? And what you see, even before they come to the resolution and realize that they have more in common than they actually think, you see them kind of working together you see her mm-hmm. kind of oh you know they're not bad guys i get i don't want to ruin their fun but blah 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 you know so i think that's a really uh a really cool lesson that people can take that you can always find common ground um you know and we uh like like i do with everything i hide a bunch of liberal politics mm-hmm. all in it yeah <laughs> i don't know what do you yeah, mean the giant Hillary Clinton pin? And the- <laughs> it's pretty out there, <laughs> but think? I think I think. But also, I do think every character does go on an incredible journey in this show, and and I took that journey with them. And by the end, you're like cheering for everybody. You get you get where she's coming from, and it's nice to see that she has made some adjustments as well. 
And that because that's what it's all about, you know. You realize, I mean, just because you're on the right side of history doesn't mean you're necessarily right about everything. Right. And that, you know, I mean, we're at a place in history right now where we, we are right about everything. But um, <laughs> usually, there's give and take. Yeah, you know, yes. when it doesn't involve border walls or babies in cages. But usually, that's how life and society should work. We have a difference of opinion. We should sit down and talk about it and try to find common ground and try to work together. Yes. You know. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. I would like to say there was a man who waited for us after the show in the fall and said to Scott and I, this show was just as good, if not better, than what the Constitution means oh. to me. <laughs> I swear to God, there was a man who did say this. So that is a real wow. quote. That is a quote. Yeah, I was there. I can back what, that up. What about during previews when this man walked by on the way out? And uh, I think it was during Broadway Cares because I was there. I was at the exit. And he just went, less politics, more Hamilton. And all I can think is like, what about Hamilton is not political? Right. Yeah. Like, right. what, 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 in what world is Hamilton a musical about the founding fathers? Like, where is that not political? Less politics, more Hamilton. That's that's not a thing. It's not. Yeah. And those when you phrase it like that, it's not a thing. Not a thing. No. No. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, have there been any, any uh, wardrobe mishaps? Oh my! Oh. Every second of every day. God. So we wrote in the show because we we didn't come into this with a large budget. So we wrote into the show that the we didn't come, we didn't come no, this <laughs> so we wrote into the show that my mom, the character of my mom, mm-hmm. Christy Carpal Tunnel, has <laughs> carpal tunnel, and that's why the costumes progressively get worse throughout the show. Oh <laughs> my god! She makes the costumes. Yes, which is actually very funny because uh, Brendan McCann, who did our props and set and a lot of the costumes. Uh, his mom actually did crochet oh the layer bikini. Oh my god! Like it is, it is literally crocheted by someone's mom. That's incredible. I'll say a, a couple, of, a couple of them that are kind of more the the fun ones to me is, uh, you know, as we as we do so many costume changes mm-hmm. in the show, they happen very very quickly. So over time, we've worn some of the insides out of some of these costumes and uh, like I have a jacket for the finale that's Kylo Ren and uh, the inside has just like a really thin layer of lining just so that it's not all sequins against my skin mm-hmm. so uh, spoiler alert I come out in sequins so um, <laughs> a couple of times actually I've gone to put my my arm in and it's gone between the fabric and the 
the two, two, two layers of fabric so it doesn't come out the other end. So now all of a sudden I have to go on stage and dance with a nub for the, for the finale. And it just, it always makes us start laughing because we have to like hold each other's hands. So Taylor goes and just holds my nub as we're dancing, you know, and it's happened to Emily, uh, you know, before again, these costumes we're brutal to them yeah you know what about all the times during the finale with that same shirt that it just opens and you're just shirtless in the finale that (laughs) That happens (laughs) oft which actually that that doesn't totally not work though since kylo ren spends a lot of the time with no shirt (laughs) off well i will say one even we even have a lyric in the show (laughs) we i will say though we have had one costume mishap from the get-go so uh when we had a couple of the costumes designed for us um uh some of the measurements weren't right and then they never got fixed ever again and so these we wear these droid like onesie singlets brendan came in and saved the day um, but we had yes. these droid onesies that we wear underneath our droid costumes that eventually we take off the droids on the outside. But from the get-go, the the waists were not properly measured, <laughs> so it just looked like a, it was just pulling so tight on our crotches. Mm-hmm. And it was from shoulder to crotch was like they measured me and Taylor the same. Now, Taylor's like a good two inches taller than me, mm-hmm. so they measured us the same. <laughs> Mine fits okay. His no 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 no, and so I, it's all I can do to not stare at his junk the whole song. The good news is, being Star Wars nerds, they're very used to wedgies. Yes. throughout their lives, so it's so well, it feels good. The audience was ready for just like penis outline for two yes. months. I didn't real, you know, the first preview. I didn't realize that. Uh, the show would have the appeal it has with kids, mm-hmm. and we had, you know, we had some racier stuff in it that we've since cut. But I, you know, uh, this was a stop it. It's it's we would be PG thirteen if we were on the television yes. set. So with this one f bomb, um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. No, it's totally cleaned up enough now. But I stepped out to do a curtain speech on the first preview just to be like, hey everyone, welcome. We've never gotten through a run through, so like, let's. And I, I remember, you know, just to warn them, this might yeah. fall apart, <laughs> and to remind them of the greatest saying in show business: no refunds or exchanges. Um, <laughs> and I step out on stage, I look out, and there's just children everywhere, and I just keep thinking. I see this small child in the front row, and I just keep thinking, "Oh my God, Scott and Taylor's penis is going to be in her face." <laughs> um. Have fun, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at one point we we had the suggestion. I had to do this ironically in a different show a long time ago, where a onesie. Uh, and the other guy was like, "We have to do something because all my friends are like, you can see size, shape, you know, religion, and and so uh, so I was like, what? Well, we can wear baseball cups. So that's what we did in this. So we wear baseball cups, and you know, it it. It, it hides a little bit, but also mm-hmm. makes it more pronounced. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. I was they, look, they, they look like Ken dolls. Yes. Nice. I saw the show. I remember what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's yes. A, it's such a funny moment. Yes. I remember my boyfriend and I were like, is that? Re- I don't know. We were like, oh, but now we know <laughs> because I mean, it is. Yes, it's very yes, pronounced. It's <laughs> so we're gonna play a game inspired by Star Wars. So if you could have um, and actually ice cream so um if you could have ice cream with any two or three characters from star wars who who uh yes living or dead um (laughs) who would you have ice cream with and what flavor ice cream would you have I don't know. Uh, I no. I have I to know. ponder. I know who you would have ice cream. <laughs> no, that's 
just everyone knows who you'd have ice cream. People, people who have never. All right, Leia. Uh New Hope Luke, because I would try to get I'd try to get him a little mm-hmm. drunk on the ice cream and see what I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Um and Yoder. Mm. You know? Yes. And what kind of ice cream would you have? Uh I don't know why. I just think pistachio. I don't know oh, why. It's that. just what pops into my head. So I suppose I would be eating pistachio ice cream with Yoder, uh talking women's rights with Leia, and having adult time with a young Luke. I love that. Not the older Luke. No. No. Well, I, I know the flavor would probably be Wookiees and cream. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and obviously, Boba Fett would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'll take new Boba Fett. I would prefer original Boba okay. Fett with, you know, without the, the uh, uh, Kiwi accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, any Boba Fett is cool. And I'd probably choose young Obi-Wan and old Obi-Wan. Mm. Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan, and Ewan McGregor. No, just so I can sit them... Uh, hear them sit there and go hello there hello there hello there hello there and just like i was hoping it would get into some sort of loop mm-hmm. where they would just keep going hello there hello there i, I just think that'd be really amazing I you were gonna say lando first you love lando i do love lando we had a lando joke the first show that did not land it was uh it was about lando and his bbc mm. his big beautiful cape what were you thinking adam no that's what i was thinking yeah. Yeah. It didn't land. We had to well, cut it. And yeah. he was in the daddy issues too, which uh, we we thought maybe started to sound inappropriate. The two like you know suburban looking yeah. white yes. guys yeah. doing Lando impressions, yeah. like yes. people could take it the wrong way. Yes. But I I truly love uh, Billy D. Williams' uh, character and the way he does it is mm. so good. Yeah. And actually, um, was it it was Donald Glover. Uh, that did it right in Solo. Yeah. Um, I loved his version of the character yeah. too. Like I thought it was. Solo, I love. By the way, I, I'm just gonna say that I love. Okay. I thought it was a lot of fun, but I thought, uh, was, I thought it was good for like 40 minutes. I liked it. You what? I thought it was good for like 40 to 50 minutes. I didn't see it. I thought it. Then I thought it began to drag. Oh. But I get your Billy D. Williams. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. He was he was always pretty awesome. Yeah. So, but I don't think you can get Boba Fett and him in the same room. I don't think they get along. Well. Oh. You know what I mean? But well, you can do anything. I mean, it's your game. Yeah. And maybe oh. over ice cream. I mean, they might oh. come come to terms for that. I, I, I'm going to go off the beaten path just because I think I would have ice cream with, not because I like him, but with uh, with the emperor, with Palpatine, just so while he's eating it, I could hear him go, good, good. <laughs> he, he like waves his cone in front of your face and goes, you want this. <laughs> Pistachio. Um, My friend Scott and Taylor have never had sex with a woman in their life because this is the way they talk all the time. Um, I, I, I was going to say something, but I'll... I would do that. What, we get two other people? Yeah. Two other people? Um, I just finished the Star Wars Rebels animated series, which is phenomenal, by the mm. way. Um, it's really great. So I would kind of go off the beaten path of the movies, and I would have ice cream with Ahsoka Tana. Okay. Uh, which yeah. She's a really great character, a really strong, awesome female Jedi, and she's very cool. Uh, and then... Uh, I would actually have ice cream. I don't know if he could eat it, but I would eat ice cream with a droid. And the mm-hmm. droid from the Rebels cartoon is called Chopper because he's got this very... He's a little more out there than R2 and he's got a little attitude and is very silly and funny. And so I would... That's who I would have ice cream with. That's the end of the game. Oh, okay. So thank you for playing. Thank you. And now we are getting who to won? the end of the interview. Who won? You have to I win. I mean, there it's is no game. winner. I won. I won. Tom won. Let's fight. Let's fight to the death. Ah, uh, what? I thought I, I thought my Emperor Palpatine was such a clever I thing. I mean, nobody was... knows who that you is. You were doing Palpatine? 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's me, Mr. Emperor. Nobody knows who that is. Everyone knows who Palpatine is. No, the the impression. impression. Oh, no, terrible <laughs> yeah. impression. Yeah. I'm going to be honest hey. with you, it sounds just like you. Let the hate consume. Oh. <laughs> it's a no, Taylor. It's a no. <laughs> it's a no. Simon, <laughs> Simon Cowell, we, we tease... Literally, I hope you. I hope you edit this well, Adam, because yes. it's been it's been a half yes. hour of inside yes. jokes. No, I that it. inside joke was when Taylor uh, was on America's Got Talent. Simon told him all his impressions sounded the same. And it, <laughs> it's a no. All right, so we are going to end the interview how I end all my interviews, and it's playing off of the uh, it's playing off in the name of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. So if you could bear it all and reveal something about yourselves that you have not revealed in a previous interview, what would you share with me? Well, I don't, can Tom even participate? I feel I'm like such an open. Know. Book. <laughs> Keep in mind or the law reaches far. The law? The law. The law? The law's arm has a far reach. No, I mean I don't know what I don't I'm I'm such an open book. Um I voted for Bloomberg's second term of mayor. Oh. As the it's my Republican vote. That's interesting. Um I don't think I've ever said that in an interview. I've never known that. Um but he wasn't a real Republican. No. He liked the gays and yes. was, you know, pro choice. So I think like but that that you know, that's a people are surprised because yes. I'm such yes. a straight a, D. Yes, I was gonna say So I mean sorry it's not juicier. No, that's I can't think of oh, any I was at the East Side Club earlier. I mean I could, <laughs> no one knows that because it was like an hour ago. This is the <laughs> only thing that it, popped in my head. This is so random. There is but... another way to think of the question. Oh okay. Too. Uh do you have any like habits or things that you do like if someone came into your house and saw you doing like something, you and you would just be so embarrassed that they saw you doing your like Special routine. I know one that Scott told me, but I don't uh, of Scott that <laughs> oh, grossed me. No, I would love that. Okay, I'll, I'll say and then. Okay, so for Scott, one day we were backstage and he was talking about clipping his fingernails and he just throws them behind the recliner. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, that's disgusting. That disgusting. And he, no, no, be, but like once a month or so, I will take that couch out and I'll vacuum them up. Once a month, <laughs> they're sitting there for a month. Nobody goes back there. Who goes back there? You have, a, you have animals. What? I have unanim my animal does not go seeking out fingernail clippings and secondly <laughs> only fingernail clippings will fit that thing sits flush against the wall so we don't have to worry about it it's not like it, it it's not on legs it don't judge me they're fingernail not judging clippings you. they're toenail wow. clippings what do you want me to do at least it's not on the subway yes let's be honest That's let's true. be honest it's late mm. night I'm watching Netflix say narcos I'm not going to get up and walk over 10 feet to go to a trash can every time I clip a nail. So it's just... Why don't you keep, like... Why don't you, like, put a tissue by you, clip them into the tissue, and then throw the tissue out? Oh, that's just overkill. Taylor, for someone... <laughs> I for, care about the environment. Taylor, well you're done. very judgmental for someone who last week uh, tripped and fell and hit his head on my yes. sink and woke yes. me up covered in blood at 2 in the morning. Your listeners cannot oh, see. Wow. I have a fresh scar oh, right I here. see that. Um, yes. I, I, what I'm gonna do? I, I got sick. I was staying at his place. Uh, I woke sick. up. I, I, I last thing I remember was going to the toilet. Yeah, was going to the bathroom to to sick. puke. And then <laughs> the next thing I knew, I woke up on Tom's floor against the wall. You were in my dog's bed, and my dog is three pounds. Oh my god! And I was covered in blood. Wasn't even staying at his place. 
Oh my god! And how did he end oh up there? God. It was the weirdest thing. And so I just I woke Tom up and I shook him and I was covered in blood. This is very funny. Another inside joke. Uh, I, I I'm covered in blood. I finally got up. I walked to his bedroom because I knocked on the door. There's blood all over his apartment. I don't know how. I just I passed out. And I, I'm shaking him, and I go, Tom, Tom, I need your help. And he just goes, oh, oh, the, the, uh, what did the you, prophecy. The, the prophecy. The prophecy's true. I had a dream, like, four years ago. Taylor, like, broke his nose, like, 87 times playing football and stuff like that in high school, because uh-huh. he's such a man. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, so, like, if you touch him, his nose could break. And I had this dream that he was in my apartment, and he got up to walk, and he tripped and hit his face oh and God. was covered in blood, sobbing, running into my bathroom. And then I woke up, and he was covered in blood, and I just went, the oh. prophecy's true. It's come true. Oh, my gosh. So, well, yeah. That is a great way to end the interview. with the Oh, prophecy. and buy our, al- buy our album. It's fabulous. And I hate everything. The The cast recording yes. for this show is amazing. Yes. Well, the music is incredible. I loved it. Thank you. You're welcome. And everybody But listening. it's like a good album. Yes. Yes. You know, like a lot of the albums I put out are like as budget <laughs> as can be. Like this is really good. Well, that's why people are going to get it. And everybody listening to this podcast is going to get tickets to a musical about Star Wars at the St. Luke's Theater. I'll have a ticket link on my website, callmeadam.com. Thank you, everybody, thank for you. coming Thanks. on today. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Thank you. thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Good. And God, you're may the force be with you. Always. Always. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story For he happens to be in the know Just ask anybody who's had him at him Live for the business of show CallMeAdam.com Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit CallMeAdam.com And follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Call Me Adam NYC.